Hey guys, Joshua Miller here. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. It doesn't cost a thing to download. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Podcast, and many, many more. It automatically will send them to those. You can make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. You don't have to click and drag from one to another and have several open and use it. It's all in one place for you. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks. Have a great day. We are have a few songs here picked out. Uh, this one I'm supposed to use a capo for the way I sing it, and I lost my capo, so it's kind of tricky. But let's try it. It's uh, take the name of Jesus with you, and I hope that you will take your family, take your those each individual together, and we'll sing praises to the Lord. This is for His glory, it's not for any gain, uh, personal gain or attention on my part, but it's to lead us in a, a, a worship to the Lord, a state of worship, which is long needed for us, and where it starts is the family. That's where it starts. It has to start in the family. Why do you think our country is in the shape it's in? is because the families haven't been settled in the Word of God. And that's where it has to shape up in the Christian families and be the influence we should be. So, let's sing the song, Take the Name of Jesus with you.
All right. Hope everybody could hear that. Now was the uh, maybe the car was over bearing maybe. We'll work this out. The uh, next song that we have is Send the Light. And that's what we are Christians are to be is a light. A city on a hill, as Jesus said, cannot be hid. We need to let our light shine before men. And that's what I hope that we do. Especially in this time, people are scared, people are worried. And there's those that don't know what to do, that are afraid. But we as Christians have the hope and assurance. We have peace, we have joy, even in this time. And it's important for us to uh, share that with those around us. So let's sing this song, uh, Send the Light. There's a call comes ringing for the restless wave. Send the light, send the light. There are souls to rescue, there are souls to save. Best thing to do right now is to send light to our family. 
our family and our close friends and to make sure they are caught up on the Word of God and His will for us today. Beautiful song. I love the hymns if you haven't noticed. I love the old hymns too. have uh, circumstances that I go through that I'm glad that I'm hand in hand with Jesus. I'm glad that he is able to carry us through, lead us through. He has our hand just like uh, when I'm going, walking through the woods, for instance, I like to hunt, I like to fish, I like to be in the outdoors, as uh, many of you know. And I will walk through the woods now with a little kid following me. I don't go walking through the woods by myself anymore sometimes. So I have these little, little, uh, little ones following behind me and they need help sometimes. So what I have to do is I have to stretch out my hand to them and hold their hand and support them as they walk. Sometimes I'll pick them up and I'll have to carry them. Sometimes I just grab their hand and lead them so they don't fall. They have something stable they can hold on to to walk through the sticks and the brush and climb the rocks and things like that. So that's what the Jesus does for us as Christians. Ready? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong, they are weak but He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, he who died. Heaven's gates to open wide. He will wash away my sin. And someday his face I'll see. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, for the Bible tells me so. Good job, Mark. You have a seat. Good job. Alright, this song is uh, Bow the Knee. I hope that in these times, whatever situations we may be facing, that we would bow the knee, humble ourselves to the Lord. Second Chronicles 7, 14 says, If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, that's what we need to do. Humble ourselves and pray to the Lord. That's what I encourage you to do. And it is, as this song says, is a privilege to come to the Lord, come to God in His presence. And if that the power, that connection that we have with God, we so we take it for granted so many times, and we are free to, to reach and call out to Him and pray to Him and talk to Him anytime we want to, and praise the Lord for that. Don't ever take it for granted. And I hope that you would you utilize that connection we have with God daily. Thanks. 
What a privilege to come into God's presence Just to linger with the one who set me free As I lift my eyes and see his awesome glory I remember who he is and bow
goodness and his mercy and his grace? No. Are you with me? Say amen. Thank the Lord for his word. Where will we be without his word? In the beginning was word. The word was with God. The word was God. And the word came in flesh to us to provide us eternal life. Thank the Lord for that. So I'm looking at a couple places here tonight. Uh, just a few verses, but I had the quick the title was Are Christians, are you doing your part? And that's the question I want you to answer for yourself tonight. Is are you doing your part? We're not talking to anyone else tonight. We're talking to me. Excuse me, talking to you. Are you, am I, doing our part as a Christian? Are we doing what we should? in this present time. I want to, uh, we'll go ahead and turn to uh, Romans chapter 12. Go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 12. Take your Bibles and I hope that this is, this is a very good experience for your family is to come together as a family, open the Word of God, and to read it and apply it to our hearts, our lives. It's a very special time for families. I know we ended up doing this in a crisis, but we should have been doing this the whole time. We'll see the benefits from it, and I know you are already uh, reaping the benefits from family being together and studying His Word together. All right, Romans chapter 12. God has some things that He wants us to know through this time, through the the uh, the coronavirus, through the crisis, through the panic, uh, through all the the tribulations we're seeing. God has a God is telling us something, and He has in His Word enough for us to hear to to know what He's doing. But tonight I want to look at this, and it's uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 1. And this is an encouragement for me and for you. As I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body, and everyone members one of another. This is an exhortation to practical living. It's how it's titled in my study Bible, and that I believe is very 
fitting, an exhortation to Christians. He's speaking to believers, those that know Christ as their Lord and Savior. He's speaking to us. And he says, I beseech you, brethren, I beg you, I beg you. We looked at before, we, we saw the uh, beggar. Remember, Peter and John met a beggar on the way. They were on the way to the temple to pray. And this man was begging. He said, give me, give me, give me, give me. And he wanted silver. He wanted gold. He wanted those temporary things that it corrodes and it corrupts. And he was begging. But Paul here is begging us, brethren. When he says, when you see Paul say brethren, you know he's speaking to us because he's calling us brethren. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And we are a family. We're God's family. And he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. That is very important key there, a living sacrifice. Jesus made his sacrifice on the cross. He gave us the ultimate sacrifice was death on the cross and he paid the way for our sins so that we could live and have eternal life. So the least we can do in return is to make our bodies a living sacrifice. Well, how do we do that? He says to make it a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This is for anyone wondering what our service is and what our purpose is right now is one, to be a living sacrifice. Well, how do we carry that out is one way to carry that out is to do right, treat others right. Uh, remember, pure religion is this, is to help the fatherless and the widows is to help those around us that are in need don't panic and get in a frenzy and start hoarding things and uh for me 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 i need this i need this i need that i need that and that's a very selfish way to go we need to we have families to provide for we provide for them yes that's appropriate we get we get the things appropriate for us for our families but we are also to be considerate of those around us and not take it lightly that we're to help those around us. Remember, we're a living sacrifice. We are not alive for our benefit only. We're alive to be an example to others around us, to be an influence for Christ to those around us. We're a living sacrifice. We, if we, a good Christian doesn't stay to himself, but he spreads the gospel. Now, right now we're uh, kind of we're, we're obeying the the uh, president's uh, orders to uh, to stay home as much as possible and stay in the small groups, and that is important. This is one of the ways, the examples to. Present your body a living sacrifice. We have been given that suggestion, and, and it varies, it may change, it may be less, maybe more, but we are given that by our leader, who is the 
president of the United States, President Trump. And we can tell that he is, uh, he's surrounding himself with godly people. We can tell that he's surrounding himself in prayer. He is called on many people around him to pray. He's called on, I said Dr. Carson, if I say his name right, had called on him to pray earlier while they were in a meeting. And he calls on others to pray. You know, Mike, Vice President Pence will pray. And they are leading by example. We are Christians. We're to make an example wherever we are. Be that example. Be that influence. We can't just try to uh, pass in and out undetected. And that's what we've been, we as Christians have been doing for far too long. We need to stand up, be uh, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So a good example here for us is to obey what we've been told to do by our leaders. And this, what this does, notice by no, no means and no way is our leadership trying to persecute Christians, persecute the faith. In no way are they doing this. In no way is that their intentions at all. There is no persecution involved here from our leadership. We are to obey them and show them our support by our obedience. And you may question why I say that. Well, we know God has put President Trump in place. He's put him in power in his position. And it's our job as Christians, as citizens of our country, to stand up and be that influence. Uh, isn't what we say is, in God we trust, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Don't we, we quote that or are we just repeating that with no, we don't have, that's no meaning to us anymore. Well, we need to be deliberate in our actions and what we say and what, what we do. Uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Well, what is that good and that perfect will of God? Be a living sacrifice, be holy, and in that we accept God and it's acceptable unto God. This is your reasonable service. This is what, at the, the very first thought of it, that's what we should do. No hesitation. This is what we should do. Be not conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to the panic. Don't be conformed to the distress. Don't be conformed to the worry. All these things are... At first, we will first have that thought. We'll first have that emotion. That's human for us. But then it's to take that and consciously, consciously, deliberately say, Lord, please take this fear from me. Please take this worry from me. I trust you. Do that deliberately. All right. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our mind? Well, it's in reading God's word. You say, well, I've read that book before. I've read that passage before. Read it again. We're supposed to memorize God's word and we're supposed to read it over and over. Second Timothy uh, 2.15 says to study, to show thyself approved, a workman unto God that needeth not be ashamed. 
rightly dividing the word of truth. We're to study it. We're to know what it means, know what it says. It's not something that, well, I hope I can hope I can understand this when I get through it. I hope I can just get a bit of get a piece of it out of it. It's our jobs to memorize it. You know, when we memorize things, that means we learn it. That means it's seared in our head and we know what it is. We know the words. Now, at that point, we may not understand the full depth of that verse or that scripture. That's where studying comes in. Memorize the word. Memorize the scripture. Memorize it so you know it. Be instant in season and out of season. Then study it. Study the word. Study the scripture so you can get that full depth, that full meaning of the word of God. All right, let's move up a little bit. Why did I say that we should be obedient to our president? Why did I say we should be obedient to our leadership, our godly leadership? That's the key, our godly leadership here in this right now, presently. Their godly leadership, and if some may be confused on that, I'll just clear that up. Their godly leadership, they're doing the best that they can to lead this country in a godly way, okay? We need to, that needs to be clear in our head, clear in what we do, and we need to proceed from here on out in that mindset so we can support them, okay? Because if we're confused on that, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to vote. We're not going to support them. We're not going to spread the word of all the good deeds that they've done, and we're going to spread pessimism, and we don't want to do that. All right, Romans chapter 13. Just go uh, down just a little, little ways. To Romans chapter 13. Why did I say what I just said? Alright, Romans chapter 13 verse 1 says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of their power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good, but if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore you must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this same, or for this cause, pay ye tribute also. For they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. It's a clear, clear scripture here to be subject to the higher powers. And we're realizing, and this I quote this scripture a lot at work, 2 Corinthians 10.31, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Okay? I go to Cummins. I work for Cummins. I'm a diesel technician. And I do a job. My job is to repair broke things. Broke trucks. Broke engines. So, 
I have small jobs, I have big jobs, I have jobs that'll take a couple of hours, I have jobs that'll take a couple weeks. And I do them in the mindset that I'm not just working for my company, but I'm working for God. I'm setting an example to those around me that I have higher standards than anything that could ever be placed in this company. My standards is to comply with God and His will. So I do the best that I can. Well, I make mistakes. I do make mistakes. I'm human. I want to trip up. My goal is to please the Lord above all else. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Okay, that brings up the question, why is Trump in office? Uh, because God put him there. Simple. Remember, Romans 13:1. memorize it. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. God has a reason for him being in the position he is for the present moment. It is our job to show that support by presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Okay? That's our job. Support those that have the rule over us. You know why? Because God put them there. We think we're bucking the system. Well, in light of this scripture, that means we're bucking God. Okay? It's evident, it is clear beyond any shadow of a doubt that our leadership is desires to serve the Lord and is encouraging their nation, their uh, fellows to do the same, to, to pray, to read their Bible, to follow the Lord. We notice that some of the, some of the time you can tell that, that there are Our, let me say this. Try to think of ourselves in the position of our leadership. And then if you'll do that, kind of put yourself where they are, you'll realize, oh, they're, they're human too. They're the same as us. They have a position. They have a job to do. They have to, as uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 31 says, whether therefore we eat or drink or whatever we do, do all to the glory of God they have to do the same thing. They're accountable to the same word. There's nothing that that's applies to us that doesn't apply to them, except that they are held at a higher standard because they're leading more people. This position of a pastor, a position of a leader holds higher accountability because we're accountable for more people. You are accountable for yourself. If you have a family, you're accountable for your family. If you are the leader, the head of the home, your job is to lead your home. They have a, a grave responsibility, our leaders do, to lead us in the right direction. And so we see that happening. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Whoever therefore resists the power resists the ordinance of God. They that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Uh, God is... is uh, keeping a, an account of us in this respect that are we obeying him or are we disobeying him as Christians Christians I'm not talking about anyone else I'm talking about Christians he keeps account of our works have we obeyed and done the work of the Lord or have we disobeyed and done selfish things and done things for our own selves 
our own ways. We've, we've been selfish in what we do. So the Lord keeps account of that and he will hold us accountable for that. It has nothing to do with our salvation. We're saved. We're Christians. We're children of God. We're heirs to the throne. Okay? This is accountability is how well we're, how good of a steward were we with what God gave us. Okay? Same applies with this, with our leadership. Whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinance of God. God put the ordinance in place. They that resist shall receive to them damnation. So we've got to be careful. We are going to hurt ourselves critically if we don't follow him. Now God is using this, this crisis to wake up the Christians, you and me, uh, to cause us to stand up and say, what am I doing? Analyze it. What am I doing? Am I doing my part? Am I serving him as I should? Am I compliant with what God has given me to do with his ordinances? We need to uh, check ourselves, put ourselves in a check, check and balance. Are we obedient? Do, are we con- do we congrue with what God has given us? This applies to us. All right, through this uh, crisis that we're in, we know we've seen a lot of panic, a lot of worry. And like I just said, God is using it, okay? So, it, the verse, God, all things work together for the good to them that love God, okay? And are called according to His purpose. All Christians have been called to His purpose. Okay, I'm talking to just Christians to make that clear. I'm not talking to anyone else right now. I'm speaking to Christians. Okay? We have been called to His purpose. We have a purpose. Okay? Where you want to start, if you're not sure, is here. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Say, Lord, I'm here. What would you have me do? Here I am, Lord. Be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect, complete will of God. This, in some ways, whether, whether, whether the, how the virus got to us, I'm speaking of the United States, I'm speaking to us here in Inman. However, this came to us whether God is using it as judgment to Christians because we have been disobedient and we haven't complied, whether the devil's using this to uh, to persecute the church, whatever it is, whatever it may be, we can go by what God's word and trust in what He has said. And clearly, we know how to operate now based on Romans chapter 12 and Romans chapter 13 and how to conduct ourselves in relationship with our government. Okay? Alright, so now I want to go a little bit deeper here now that we're on the same page. And in unity, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, okay? Present yourselves... 
a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay? At this time, now more than ever, families need to be united and strengthened together. Okay? We cannot get anything done if families aren't united. Okay? So I'm going to tell you that one way God is using this is to unite the strength and bond in families. We're having to <laughs> spend more time together. Some are out of work so they can't go to work. Some are forced to stay home. Kids are out of school. There is no school. So kid, uh, parents are forced to teach their kids, which is the way, if you will look back into the Bible times, and I've been studying the Bible times and customs lately, and if you will look into how the the Arabs in that time, how they, what was the school in that time? What was their school? It was their parents. Parents teaching the children. That was school. Okay? That has to happen whether you send them to public school, private school, Christian school, whatever the school is. There still has to be the teaching from the parents to the children. If that doesn't happen, not much will happen good out of it, okay? Ephesians chapter 6. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And I want to read verse 1 through verse 4 real quick. I wasn't planning on this, but I think I should now. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is your reasonable service. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. If you want to live a while, obey your parents. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurturing, nurture and admonition of the Lord. Okay? Be gentle with them. Be easy with them. Sometimes I want to just take Colton and just... just no, I'm just kidding. Anyway, you got to be patient. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't. Do you memorize something the first time you read it? Ah, some can. I can't. I have to read it a hundred times before I memorize it. Okay? So, that's what we have to do. All right, so let's continue. I want to go to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. All right, so we have a battle with a virus, but there's a bigger battle, something more important. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Remember, I'm talking to Christians, okay? So we want to be prepared between us and God. Have a good relationship with Him with our Heavenly Father. Okay, so we have this, another purpose, another plan. We have something else that's lying in the background. Something that's not obvious when you look with your eyes. Something you don't automatically hear about. But we have an enemy who is the devil, who is Satan. And he's walking about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he's taken this chance 
to uh, take anyone out that he can. So verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why? Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Remember the high powers we mentioned earlier? Those ordained by God are combating this. The rulers of darkness and against spiritual wickedness. And they are in a constant warfare. Why do you think the media is the, is the way they are against Trump and everything he says? It's because the devil is underlying in the fake news and, try, and the devil's trying to end this. Any, all things good, all things godly, all things holy, all things unity, he's trying to dissolve. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're here to help those around us that don't know Christ as their Lord and Savior. Those that are lost and heading to hell, we are here to influence otherwise. When we die, there's only one of two places that we live for eternity. One, being heaven, if you're a Christian. Two, being hell, if you're lost and denied Christ, did not accept the free gift of salvation that was already provided for on the cross, already paid for. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench. You hear that? Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always. Praying always. With all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Uh, we've been in a series at Victory Baptist Church, uh, the Acts of the Holy Ghost, and we're learning that the Holy Ghost is our comforter that Jesus Christ sent after he ascended to heaven. That Holy Spirit, that same Spirit, is the one that gives us that strength and gives us that connection to God through Jesus Christ. They all work together, the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit all working together for our good. It's time that we trust Him 100% with our life. Praying always with all prayer and supplications. If you uh, get sick, pray to God. If you lose your job, pray to God. If you get in a car accident, pray to God. If you get a raise, pray to God. If you get healed, pray to God. We should always be in a constant connection with the Lord. I had someone ask me one time, I said, do you, how do you pray? Or what it, I believe it was, the, was what he asked. And I explained to him that, uh, that it was along the lines of, uh, how do you, how can you pray without ceasing? Uh, over in uh, Philippians. 
pray without ceasing. And here at verse 18, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says, praying always with all prayer and supplications. How do you do that? Well, that's a mindset. Before anything else happens, we're going to talk to the Lord. We're going to thank Him for getting up in the mornings. We thank Him for, for keeping us safe through the night. We thank Him for giving us a good night's sleep. We thank Him. When you go to sleep, you don't know much of what goes on around you. You're clueless. God protects you if you put your faith and trust in Him. And we thank Him for this. Praying is not just going to Him and got a concern. Lord, help me with this. That's not what the prayer is. That's part of prayer. God, help me with this. I'm hurt. I'm struggling in this. Help me with this. But praying is a constant relationship, a constant connection with the Lord. No matter what, in the good and in the bad, Jesus has promised to never leave us or forsake us. It's constant. 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year for your lifetime. And Paul, it's interesting to see that as he continues here in verse 19 says, And pray also for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. That's my prayer for myself and for you also that we may open our mouths boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. It is a mystery because those that are lost don't have a clue what it is and what it's about. They don't know the, the word of God. They don't know Jesus Christ. They don't have the comforter, but we do. So what's our job? Sacrifice ourselves, make us holy and acceptable and pleasing to God. Declare the gospel to them. So Make utterance for me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which, for the gospel, I am an ambassador in bonds. He's made a living sacrifice that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. There are times that I know that I should speak and I don't speak. There are times I know what I should say and then I don't say it. And we need that boldness. We need that strength that only comes from the Lord because of our faithfulness. He says, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. I hope this has helped. I hope that you can use this, memorize these verses that we've gone through and be able to replay this if you need to. And just through the rest of this week, I pray that we will analyze it. If, are we doing our part? Are you doing your part. Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for what you've done for us and what you've given us. I thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. I thank you that you are all-knowing. You're all-powerful. You are a great physician. No matter what comes our way, it does not surprise you. It does not take you off guard. And we can completely, wholly trust in you 100% with our lives. Jesus gave us his life for us. We definitely owe him our life. And we pray that we would make a living sacrifice to serve you daily. And I pray that it would start with our families. I pray that the families here, all those listening, would make a decision now, be deliberate and decide to carry their families in a way that is honoring and pleasing to you that we would teach our families, 
teach in the Word, have devotions, uh, memorize the scriptures together, uh, memorize the songs that we were called to sing praise to you and uplift your name. I pray that we would do that together as a family. And it, it starts with the family and the church would be stronger, would be bold. I pray that you give me the boldness to speak what I should speak, say what I need to say, go where I need to go, do what I need to do. I thank you for what you've done. I give you the glory. I thank you again for all those watching and all those that are listening. And I pray that you bless their families, bless them, and bless their fruits of their labor. We give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.